Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword, I'm Dave Tish. The Afterword is where we talk about what we didn't get to talk about in this weekend's message. And normally at this point I'd be introducing you to this week's guest or guests, but I cannot do that because I am not there. I am on vacation. I am hundreds of miles away in the great American West, in the middle of nowhere with no Wi-Fi signals, hiking through Bryce Canyon and Zion National Park with my family, and I can't even get a cell phone signal. So that's that. But while I'm away, I've not left you alone. I've not left you without hope. No, I have left behind J. Kim and Andy Gridley, who this week kicked off our brand new sermon series called Joy, Resilient Delight in Weary Days. They both spoke on week one of this brand new sermon series. In this series, we're going to be examining joy. Why does joy seem so elusive these days? What steals our joy? Is it possible to have joy in the midst of difficult seasons of life? And in the process... Can we learn not only about joy, but how to live with joy? These are questions that Jay and Andy dive into starting right now. Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I am Jay, and I'm here with my good friend, Andy Gridley. Hello, everybody. It's good to be with y'all. And uh, this is different, because it's usually our good friend, Dave Tish, hosting this. I'm sorry. I'm not not as loud and gregorious as our buddy. No, this is like a weird... uh, Or funny, or handsome. Yeah, this is an amateur hour version of The Afterwards. Sorry, guys. You got me. Apologies in advance. (laughs) And me. I mean, there's just no Dave. So it's not going to be as funny or as uh, thoughtful. Um, but Andy, this past week we started a brand new series on joy. Yes. And, um, just to give everybody sort of a, I mean, I think people can guess, but we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the teaching. It has been a uniquely hard year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in one way it's like, please stop saying that. And another way it's like, you can't say that enough. It has been historically one of the most difficult years around the globe. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but we're not lingering there, right? Um, and that's that's kind of that's really the heartbeat behind the series, yeah. Because it feels like in 2020, you know, some people say it feels like in 2020 we lost joy. I would say I think hmm. in 2020 we became acutely aware of our lack of joy that hmm. was probably pre-existing. We were just able to medicate with leisure and netflix and whatever else and (laughs) go dining out and going on trips yeah way more and the pandemic forced us inward yes to be with our own thoughts and our own shelter in place it's just me and a bottle of wine and i right and everybody starts realizing like wait what who am i how how joyful am i what what is truly the state of my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reality is if joy really is an underpinning of life that we are made in the image of a joyous God. And we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks that joy is even possible in the midst of suffering, which sounds like a giant paradox. Yeah. But that's at least that's what the Bible seems to teach us. And it's what people you and I both know have embodied. You mm-hmm. know, we know people like this. Many right. of you listening have probably known the the handful of very special, unique people in your life who somehow exude joy amidst real pain. Right. 
Um, like it just leaks out of them, like in the midst of their tire popping or cancer or something crazy going on. Um, all of a sudden there's like a, not a trite little fake smile, but there's right. like a deep anchoring place that they live from yeah. that is unwavered by this, this difficult stuff. Sure. Yeah. They cry. Sure. They, re- but, um, I, I can think of some people in my life group, for example. Yeah. And I actually think that there's a good chunk of those folks here in Westgate. So yes. you're probably one of them listening to us right yeah. now. You should be on this mic. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I, I, I agree. I've met many people here at Westgate whose stories tell me, oh, you, mm-hmm. you haven't, nobody masters joy, but you have tapped into that deep well mm-hmm. of real, meaningful, significant spirit fueled yeah joy in ways that when i'm in their presence i feel like man i'm just scratching the surface yeah of what that person has sort of tasted in full and yet at the same time what you said earlier i think not that covid in any way was a gift but one of the gifts of covid was regardless of how good you are at this joy thing it there was a bit of a a forced reflection yes an invitation to say is this really joy in my life or is this some sort of weird numbing thing that i'm doing or coping thing have i replaced joy with cheap imitations yeah what is my life truly built on yeah i think that's really the the exciting thing of this series is to realize that that we have a god who actually wants us to be absolutely joyful yeah and um have you ever heard this i heard this growing up in church God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> right? And I think there's this weird thing. And it's like, what's so cool about this week one is like, that's that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. You know, that God himself, his chief attribute here, um, yeah. or one of his chief attributes, his constant is his joy. Yeah. And this is what it means to be in relationship with him, is to understand and to know and to live out of this deep joy. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's something. I was gonna say it's something we forget that God is so full of joy. I think for a lot of people, it's not even something we forget. I think it's something we never ever even thought about in the first place. You mm-hmm. know, I, um, it, at my in my teaching at Saratoga, I showed some of these old paintings of Jesus. You know, these like really famous paintings of Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, he's never smiling. Yeah. And that's okay. I understand like suffering servant, Isaiah 53, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it would be weird if he was smiling while he was suffering. So yeah. like, okay, that snapshot is accurate and healthy. Yes. But is this the most holistic view of Jesus? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think a reason for that is when we read the Gospels, he doesn't tell like knock-knock jokes. Mm. You know, he doesn't speak in a way when the language is translated into the English mm-hmm. that we read it and think, "Wow, Jesus is like really funny." We, yeah. You know, it's we, it's lost in translation, but there's this fantastic little book. Um, it's old, but it's really interesting by a guy named Elton Trueblood called The Humor of Christ. What a name. That's a I great know. name. So amazing. I'm Trueblood. Yeah. <laughs> um and yet, with a last name like Trueblood, he wrote a book called The Humor of Christ. Wow. And Elton Trueblood is like serious, like he's a fairly serious historian, linguist, you know, a historical context sort of guy. And he does all this work in the Gospels to show how in the original 
context and language and mm-hmm. culture, many of the gospel stories, not all of them, certainly not even the majority of them, but many of them, not just one or two, but like mm-hmm. many of them um, have in the original language and context uh, a fairly, he would argue, a fairly clear and obvious undertone of humor of humor and um, so one of the things i did sorry if i'm cutting you off here one of the things that i did binge watch during this last year was like comedy specials on netflix me too and you know you're kind of messing with my mind here a little bit in that if god is actually a great comedian is there some like hope that someday in the future when we meet him again there's going to be laughter in heaven yeah right like to your point this is so far from how we tend to think about who God is and his character and what it'll be like to be in his presence. You know, is it just like deep contemplative worship songs or is there laughter? It's just like eternal quiet time. Mm -hmm. Just you and your journal. It's like our favorite worship song that just the bridge just goes over and over and over again, you know, and we just feel it deeply. Certainly that's going to be there. Sure. But I just think there's going to be these moments of light, brevity, you know, the the master writer of comedic sketches. Yeah. I don't even understand what I mean by that, yeah. but it's going to be amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to be, right? When I think about um, I just my, my family in the last year, my extended family. So I'm an only child, but Jenny's the oldest of four siblings. And hmm. three of them are married. You know, Jenny and two others are married. And the youngest is like, on the brink of marriage, you know? So, um, and the married ones all have kids now. We've got two, and then Jenny's sister has two, and then her younger brother has one. Mm-hmm. And the two youngest of the cousins, they're both similar ages. They're like, you know, eight months, nine months old. And it's pretty funny. I, I'm i like the beloved uncle in the family. Like, all <laughs> the little cousins love me, you know, and laugh at me, except this one. Like one of the more recent ones, like eight months old. Dude, he's dogging you. He's making yeah, you work for no, it. No, totally. And like, <laughs> it's pretty funny because all the other babies are like, oh, Uncle Jay. And they'll like run to me and stuff. And this guy, when I get close to him, he'll like lean back he'll pull and start away, crying dude. sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's shocking for the whole family because like all the other little kids, you know, really enjoy being with me. And like probably like two, three weeks ago, we're at my sister-in-law's house and we're all having dinner, having a good time. Super fun. And then, you know, this little guy, uh, his name's Corey, uh, he, you know, my wife, is, and he loves Jenny. Hmm. And like, so it's like a role reversal. So now there's a competition Yeah, too, now like, it's competitive. So yeah. I go over to Corey. He loves your wife, not you. Like, yeah. game on. Yeah, totally. And I'm like leaning into him real slow, gentle, and then he smiles at me. Yes. So then I hold him, and then he's still smiling at me, but a little confused, apprehensive. And then I put him... I sit him on the kitchen counter and I'm just holding him up, propping him up, and I'm just kind of bouncing him a little bit, and he just starts laughing. Yeah, dude. and so uh, Jenny took these photos, and so for like three, four minutes, I'm just bouncing him, and he's laughing with me, you know, and just utter joy. Hmm. And in his little eight-month-old mind, he doesn't even really know why he's laughing. It's uh-huh. just it's just designed in his DNA that when he encounters. Like something clicks for him. Oh, this guy's not a threat. Yeah, he he seems to love me, care yeah. for me. Uh-huh. You know, like he's feeding all, me sugar. Yeah, all that. Kind Therefore, of stuff. I like him. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff, and it's just like uncontrollable joy on his mm. face, which then gives me yeah uncontrollable joy, and mm-hmm. I'm like 
you know, he just like eats and sleeps and poops his diaper. I have all these stresses in my life, but in that space and in that moment, Hmm. his joy, his sort of unabashed, uncontrollable joy becomes like a mirror effect. Yeah. You know, it's hard to look at someone who's genuinely smiling or laughing out of of real joy. It's hard to be in a conversation with them and not find yourself smiling or feeling that. And, and, And I think that's what it is, is like we forget that we are made in the image of a God who is full of joy, which is why my eight month old Mm. nephew had, no one had to teach him to laugh or smile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in, embedded in his dna is the image of god god has made him in his image Mm. and so when we see young children and like newborns especially start laughing and giggling to me it's like this reminder that's the best god is a god of joy like that's him yeah you know we're seeing some of that yeah i heard one pastor kind of in preparation to preach over at south hills i i came across across a guy who's using happiness and joy you know synonymously but he basically was saying happiness or joy is not so much a what as it is a who, Yeah, you know? And so a lot of times we chase, I think you shared this in your message from reading some of your notes, that we chase after these things that are what's, you yeah. know, the, that yeah. are pleasurable and good. Yeah, We're wired for that. But what you're making me think of in this, that story about that baby is that um, joy is experienced among the who. It's, a, yes. it's communal. Yep. It's with God. It's with one another. And what's so beautiful about it is it can be infectious. Yeah. And so I think one of the reasons, you know, coming back out of being shelter in place and getting back into worship, back into community together, is we, um, I might be down a few points in the joy category. I might be discouraged. Somehow when I come in and you you have a sincere smile to use your metaphor on your face as you sing songs that are true about who god is somehow as a brother you remind me of what's true and i to your point i can't help it right eventually supernaturally some stuff begins to happen to me in the context of community where i i again find joy yeah yep yeah yeah i love that image of the church as a community of joy yeah you know, I grew up in a context where church, and I'm not bashing the church of my youth. I mean, they built some foundations for me that I'm so grateful for. But mm-hmm. really, for me, church growing up was primarily a place of learning mm-hmm. um, and a place uh, of of um, like actual community. I mean, I grew up in a Korean American church, so it becomes kind of the 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 epicenter like of your social anchoring, life, yeah, yeah place to, you yeah. know. So and now that, that's I guess a form of joy, but it it would have been cool to be able to see that communal aspect taken further, where mm. we can really experience joy on a consistent basis together. Not that we never did. I mean, we did, you know. But but yeah. it was the intention behind it. Like there wasn't as much intentionality behind it. Like we want to be a community mm-hmm. of joy, which is one of the things we're at least attempting to do here at Westgate during yeah. this series is to not become that necessarily, but remind one another that is what we are, mm-hmm. you know, amongst many other things, we want to be a community of joy. That, yeah. Um, we want to rejoice with those who rejoice and certainly mourn with those who mourn. Yeah. But even in the morning, as we'll, learn more next week and next week's teaching even in the morning you know um that there is joy an underpinning of joy beneath the suffering yeah and you said it earlier that does not mean 
fake a smile. Yeah. And oh gosh. Sort of like, there are so many churches. I think if there would be maybe a uh, one of the reasons younger generations might be a little bit tenuous stepping into a church. Yeah is a lot of churches it feels a little bit fake or hypey towards this this real thing called joy. Totally, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think the veneer smiles, you know, the meet and greet where it's, how are you? I'm good, brother. You yeah. know, <laughs> what I've appreciated about you, about others on our staff, those who serve as leaders, when you ask, how are you? In a gospel culture, you can start with saying, "Oh, it's been a really tough week," yeah. you know. But the, but it does, the beauty of the resurrection, of the gospel, is it doesn't have to end there, right? We don't right. wallow in it. We acknowledge it. We grieve it, and then in community, we lift each other's gaze yes. back up to a Father whose predominant character is one of joy. Yeah, it's a really cool thing. Yeah, I was thinking as you were sharing that story of the ba- the baby, you know, for me, the big switch on what God looks like for me is this this idea that God actually rejoices in spending time with me. Mm, yeah. Um, I think I grew up feeling like I had to do a bunch of things or jump through a bunch of hoops or become this or become that. And right. um, it's funny, Dave Tish isn't here because if he was, I'd, I'd draw him into this. I was uh, at the Sundance Film Festival yeah. and... Uh, was there with thousands of other people as part of my grad school a few years ago. And I called Dave because we were working on a message together. Yeah. And he said, how you doing? And I was like, dude, I feel really lonely here. And I'm just going from movie to movie because Sundance Film Festival is all about like up and coming movies. And yeah. um, it was a really cool class, theology and culture and what, what are these movies saying and exegeting them and all this stuff. So I'm just going from movie to movie really alone. And Dave said to me, like, I just feel like God wants to remind you that he's your father and he's in those movies with you. He's sitting next to you mm. and he he doesn't want to be anywhere else. Mm. And he prayed this over me and I was like a baby, dude. I was just crying yeah. Yeah. because um, it was such a different view, almost like seeing Jesus smile versus yeah. all those stoic paintings to realize yeah. God, the God that we love and serve and trust in, enjoys he he legitimately authentically enjoys spending time with you yeah. he would there's nowhere else he'd rather be yeah and uh i i think i think i have work to do on understanding god in this way sure yeah yeah me too man what a powerful image yeah i, I the idea that god rejoices over us or that he delights in us i think is easier for some to embrace and and maybe even understand and maybe even experience you know Mm -hmm. in in an experiential way than it is for others you know depending upon our stories and our backgrounds and all those things but um it doesn't make it any less true because it's harder to understand for that's right yeah you know it's just it is what it is 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 that god um there's the you know the parable of the lost coin where it's oh, like yeah. the angels in heaven rejoice you know they rejoice over just one yeah who is who is found and uh, sometimes people misunderstand that like um, <laughs> like God's playing favorites or something and that's actually not what the story is about the story is essentially saying that God in His infinite capacity to love and to mm-hmm. delight. Yeah. He infinitely loves and delights and rejoices yeah. over 
each individual. Yeah. And certainly over the whole and over the community of, of God. And in an individualistic culture, it's always important to remember that like Christianity is not a me and God relationship. It's yes. me being swept up into the family of God. But that also means that there's individual care and love. And, you know, I yeah. have two kids. I don't always just think of them as my two children and I love my two children. I love each of my children yeah and i know each of them well and i only have two of them but i have more than enough capacity to love them fully mm-hmm. um but i'm finite you know and i'm right. a human and so i know at least two i can do two mm-hmm. you know and god willing i won't find out about anymore you know? <laughs> but what we know about god is he's infinite and his capacity is infinite mm-hmm. so he loves me yeah. and rejoices and delights over me jay and over you, Andy, right, in ways that are far deeper than I could ever rejoice and die over my own children. Right. And he does that for all of his children. Yeah, that's the beauty. I mean, you could speak to this probably more eloquently, but the beauty of the Trinity is that from eternity, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit has had this this rejoicing in one another that's pure. And yeah. it's like it's as quickly as it's received, it's given away and yeah. given away. And I just think through Christ, when we're brought into that relationship, we're brought into a, a relationship of one of deep, deep joy. You know, yeah. one of the the hallmark fruit of the spirit is joy. Yes. And so I, you mentioned that, I think, on the weekend. And so, you know, the question is not only like, how well am I receiving this and experiencing it, I think, but how well am I living this yeah. Um, this aspect of joy. And again, this year's been a terrible mirror for me. There's been moments where I've been way short, way negative, way caustic in my reaction yeah. to minor things, not even to the major things, yeah. where I think, man, I have some work to do in both receiving and expressing this beautiful Trinitarian joy. Yeah. 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 The Trinitarian thought essentially is that God exists in relationship. Yeah, that he has always existed in relationship in this mysterious three in one mm-hmm. dynamic, and and this is not really like an introvert extrovert thing. The reality is, you know, like even pop science is telling us these mm. days, yeah, that um, relationship is the key to human flourishing or health. Yeah, is the sort of you know medical way to say yeah. it, like. Yeah. Um, Alameda County, actually, just north of us, like 10 years ago or something, did a, a research study. Oh, yeah, I love that. That was like, it was like cited in like hundreds of journals. Yeah. It was so fascinating. Basically, the short of it is they found that those who did not have meaningful relationships, life giving relationships in their lives, the lack of life giving relationship in their life um, had the same effect. I, I, I'm guessing here. You can Google and look it up. But it was something along the lines like the same effect as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> bits and pieces of that too. I love to cite that for a while. Like the um, that they actually, somebody deduced from the study, which is, you know, psychological yeah, study. Yeah. It's thick yeah. stuff. Yeah. But they, the joke was that somebody in, an hel- in a healthy relationship who was like eating five guys cheeseburgers <laughs> would outlive somebody who had no relationships who's only eating kale yeah. you know like they outlived <laughs> yeah uh, folks because of the joy that community brings yeah. and then um, you know also they infected him with 
influenza virus. Oh, like just a right? common cold kind of thing. Oh, to see recovery rate. Yeah. Sort of and yeah. people who were in healthy relationships uh, were more resistant. Yeah. So That's there's some crazy. really fascinating stuff. And it's perfect timing for us coming out of shelter in place to get back into healthy community. And yeah. again, not manufacture something, no. but to live into this life that God has purchased for us. Yeah. That um, a hallmark is this fruit of the spirit joy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think, you know, not, not to segue this into a talk about community, but this is probably a good place for us to land to just be a little bit pragmatic. And this is not a guilt trip thing. It's just kind of a, a a why behind the what sort of thing. Hmm. This is like this is one of the reasons why hmm. you know Steve said before he went on sabbatical like this summer is a time for us to reconnect. This yeah. is why. Yes, because it's one of the whys is because this year has been, been such a joyless year. Yeah, and we don't just want joy for joy's sake. We want joy because we're made in the image of a joyful God. And yes. That's a part of, like you said. It it's is- an invitation. Like, um, yes, there's these amazing sparks, these pleasures. Yeah. Yay, yeah. we celebrate that. But I don't want that to be the, the end of my story or yours. Like, this is an invitation this summer to go much deeper into yeah. deeper waters, right. the waters of joy yeah. that cannot ever be realized by another great vacation. Right. Or yeah. another great Instagram post, or another discovered micro brew, or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, there's some real work to be done, and it's only in the context of the community of this church, the right. body of the, of Christ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and in whatever way, you know, works best for you. Yeah, which is why we have things like meetups. I mean, you go on our website, and there's just like. Yeah, I hope everyone listening. I hope you've done a meetup because yeah. or signed up for one. Yeah, I've and they're got not, some. You've got some. Yeah. There's a bunch on there. Yeah, and I'm just I'm going to some that I'm yeah, not hosting just yeah. to meet some folks. And listen, like that's not super easy for me. Yeah, but I've come to recognize I need it. Yeah. You know, and in a weird way, when you recognize what you need, there's a part of you that begins to change, and you realize, oh, I, I don't just need it. I'm starting to actually want. It. Yeah. Eventually, you know? your palate changes, right? You yeah. might not want vegetables but if you eat them long enough right so yeah yeah, so if you're more introverted or i think no matter what introvert outrovert if you've just been living shelter in place for a long time rediscovering (laughs) the palette of hanging out with humans takes a little bit yeah it does i've had some embarrassingly awkward conversations because i just forgot how to small talk yeah I'm I'm having a struggle right now. So, I mean, I've said some things where I go, I wish I could take that back. That wasn't as fluid as I, you know. So, it's not going to be easy and uh but joy is like a long-term game, right? It's not totally. like I go to a meetup and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't experience joy. Jay was wrong." You know. Right. It's a or, discipline. Or like that meetup was super fun. I must have like mastered joy now. Yeah, you know? yeah, well, other side like, of the coin, yeah. Yeah, it is a It's it, a lifestyle. It's yeah. a commitment to community. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a muscle that you exercise so that it doesn't atrophy. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't get like super buff overnight or anything. Yeah. It's just like a constant Well, I study. do, Jay. Yeah, it's true Andy does but most of us don't so anyways thank you guys so much for listening thank you for being a part of um this joy journey that we're on together we're really excited about not just the series but becoming a people of joy so in the coming weeks we're going to talk about 
you know, joy and suffering and how those two interplay. And uh, we're going to get real specific, like joy and comparison. You know, I think comparison is one of the one of the primary killers of joy Gigantic, in our yeah. lives, especially today in the social media yeah. age. And then we'll finish the series by talking about joy and cynicism. Mm. And, you know, as much as we've lost joy this past year, I think in equal measure, we've become cynical, Mm -hmm. you know, in some ways. And so we'll talk about all those things. Um, Yeah. And again, you know, if uh, obviously life groups are on break over the summer, but we've got tons of meetups. We've got the recharge conference coming up at the end of June. Um, all sorts of things for kids and for students in July, week-long events. So um, we're doing this not just to do stuff. We're doing it so that we can be with each other again, knowing, in the words of Nehemiah chapter 8, like the joy of the Lord is your strength, meaning like y'all's Y'all. strength. Yeah, you collectively. Know, collective As strength. we gather together. So, yeah, uh, We invite you to be a part of all of that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Dave, we'll be back next week. amazing (laughs) Dave we did you proud did you proud Dave and we're also we're sorry yeah love everybody love you guys (laughs) see you guys just want to thank Jay Kim and Andy Gridley for coming in Jay and Andy or Jandy as they're known around the office just a power team you guys didn't come in and pinch hit no you both came in and hit grand slams. I don't know if that's mathematically possible, but you did it. You gentlemen did it. Join us next week as we continue in our joy sermon series, and we're going to be examining a very difficult question. Can you have joy even in the middle of suffering? The Bible says that you can, but how in the world is that possible? We'll delve into that one next week, so don't miss it. We'll see you next time.